thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome to this week's podcast. Now, I have to say to you, before we get started, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Both of the girls have just been killing themselves laughing on the floor. I'm surprised Cindy didn't wet her pants. Her little face went bright pink. (laughs) And she does the silent laugh like I do. You know when you really crack up laughing? It's silent. And it's so funny. And she hasn't been able to stop herself from laughing. And now it's coming out of her eyes. (laughs) Forgive us. Which is quite unusual because considering um, today's podcast is actually about emotional decluttering, like we promised last week. Last week we spoke about decluttering your life, decluttering your home. I think we even talked about the girls decluttering their skin with exfoliants. Um, We spoke about decluttering all the aspects of our lives to enable new stuff to come in. So, and um, Cindy raised the point that she wanted to talk about emotional decluttering, but Kim really hogged the whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So so we didn't get to it. (laughs) So we decided, we decided to talk about emotional decluttering with you today. So Cindy, hit us with your question, my love. Well, we, far we, be it from me to hog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> far be it from me to hog the microphone. <clears throat> okay. Let me, I've been laughing so much, my throat is, is just tickling. The question we asked last week were, well, we, we talked about decluttering last week and we, we talked about the physical declutter and we talked about mental declutter. <laughs> but we really didn't get into the emotional declutter because there's so much emotional baggage that we carry with us from the day we're born to, the, to this very day now that I think it's time that we look at how do we get rid of the old ex-whatever, the ex-mother-in-law or the, the whatever the... Oh, my God, you should see these two girls. <laughs> it's cute. I don't know how we're going to be serious. No, it's cute. I don't know how we're going to be serious it today. Me. Look, she's just... Hand- now I I'm look funny. Guilty. I'm funny. They're <laughs> <laughs> not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, what's, what's happened? Karen thinks Is she's it- so funny, <clears throat> she's written a poster note and handed it to me saying, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks she's really funny. And she actually is. And this is a really serious podcast, and we are not—we're not keeping it together. <laughs> Sorry, I can't breathe. <laughs> I don't think we can do this. Why do we keep going? Bring it back! Bring it back! Bring it back! Okay, this is all right. We can bring it back, guys. We can do this. We can do this. Yes, we on. can do this. We You're can with do us. this. This is a fly on the wall. This is how we. This is how we are Wait, sometimes. Keep this in because now you can actually. This is real. This is how we get rid of emotional clutter. <laughs> we love. We You're right. We do. Hey, we look at that. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And I think that you know what when and I, I ask the questions out your eyes. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> but you know when when we asked the question last week about emotional clutter, we lost it then. We were laughing <laughs> we lost about it. it, and maybe that's our way of getting rid of emotional clutter. I think you're right. Yeah, is we we laugh it off, and you know what? <laughs> I think next week we should do our laughter one. 
Oh, that would be so yeah. great. Next week we'll do Stay our laughter. Think we're doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, no, 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 no. We know your laughter one is really good. So, but to, I, really, that is one way. You know, when you laugh, it it's just, expression. It is. It's expression. But a lot of us have this emotional clutter where you've broken up with a boyfriend and um, and you're still having issues about it, or you've broken up with your husband, or you're, if they're men out there, their wives, um, or if they're gay, their their gay partners, whatever it is, their mother, their sister, their you know, there's so much husband emo- that left the barbecue on the bloody place. <laughs> <laughs> Be serious, Kim. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And I think, I think it would be good, Karen. Oh, God, the pressure's on The pressure's on you, Karen, because I'm going outside to have a good laugh. <laughs> um, the, but the, the thing is, how do we declutter all that emotional baggage? And it is baggage. Yeah, for sure. And, like, it's, it's really easy to do the physical once you get into it. You, you know, it is easy to do it. And yeah. we will teach you how. Uh, and, and mental, you know, you talked about doing mental. For me, mental is writing things down. Yeah. I'm a writer. Like, I write everything down, and you express it with word. Karen expresses with word, and Kim expresses it by typing. She types like a mad woman, mm. uh, and she does, you do blogs. You do amazing blogs, and that's the way you, you know, I'm writing down, like I'll write a list. What do I have to do? And I, I put it up on places, mm. and I write a shopping mm. list. So I don't have to remember what my shopping is. You know, I know what is it all is. Is that half the battle, though, clearing it from the head like that? Is that a starting point? Oh, absolutely. And that's I'm just sitting here thinking for a lot of our listeners, um, you know, either... Sp- for, 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 and for most women, we, we do tend to speak in order to reconcile and resolve. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we can also um, journal. I think journaling is awesome. Mm-hmm. Julia Cameron has a book called The Artist's Way. And I think I I've mentioned it before. And in her book, she talks about morning pages where you're not allowed out of bed. You have to stay in bed. You open your eyes, you sit up and you reach for your journal and you have to fill three A4 size pages wow. and they're called your morning pages and you have to fill three of those pages before you get out of bed with whatever is in your head and there have been times where I've just written I have nothing to say, 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 <laughs> nothing to say for two pages and then all of a sudden something will come up where I'll go I'm so irritated with this or I was this or I felt like this or I had that or I'm thinking about this or I'm nervous about that or I'm looking forward to this And then all of a sudden, this great flurry of thought comes out. But the beautiful part about the morning pages is you get it right first thing in the morning, which then allows the rest of the day's head clutter to be cleared. Because psychologically what happens... Sorry. um, That's from laughing. That's definitely from laughing. (laughs) (laughs) But what actually happens is the minute we open our eyes and our awareness is present, so we open our eyes, we wake up, we start thinking... And it's from those first thoughts that we have first thing in the morning that generate the next thought and then the next thought and then the next thought. And then we just spend the day generating one thought after the other. But the source thought is the first thought that's created when we open our eyes. Mm. So You mean that would set you up for the day? <clears throat> it does. Mm. It, starts to, it starts to set up the neurological patterns for the day in terms of what neurological connections are going to be um, sorted for from a mental capacity or a mental perspective. So the source thought is the thought that you really want to nail because the source thought usually is the first thought when you open your eyes and is not relevant to the whole day and not relevant to the way that you're going to create your day. Bearing in mind, though, the source thought might be, oh, I've got to make sure that I make biscuits for the kids today. 
It could be a very benign thought, but then the next thought is, I'm going to put sultanas in that. And the next thought is, yeah, but the kids don't like sultanas. I always put sultanas in and they hate them. Why do I keep giving my kids sultanas and they hate them? Oh, what can I give them instead? Oh, I don't damn well have anything. I never have anything in this house. It just irritates me. And so you can yeah, see how you one, build on it. Yeah, yeah, one thought begets the next, begets the next, and then we just go through our day completing thoughts after thoughts after thoughts. And then, so anyway, so the morning pages are a way of actually clearing all of those initial thoughts out of the head. And she just, you know, has randomly, she's randomly selected, you know, three A4 size sheets. And then once your head's clear, you can then uh, choose what you're going to think about specifically and consciously rather than it being random. Because you think waking up first thing in the morning, your head's clear, you're ready for a day, but you actually no. don't pay attention that's, to those first few thoughts. That's, right. that, that's probably your head. Um, but there's people who don't want to get out of bed. Remember, we did a right. whole podcast on that. Mm. And, I, and I, as you were saying that, Karen, I'm thinking, well, I'm always got this, I want to get up, I want to go for a run. But then I go, no, I don't want to stay in bed. And then yeah. I go, no, I want to go for a run. Oh, no, I want to do this. Oh, no, I want to go. I'm like this person who's like, but I want to do that, and I want to do that, and I want to do this, and I want to go there. But then I go, no, if I do the run, then that's done for the day, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have an excuse that I can't do it. And then that gets my thought processes going. But I never thought about just sitting there and just writing for a little bit. No. I, we do it at night time, but we do it verbally where we'll, we do a little ritual at night where we say things we're grateful for or things we've got out of the day or just something to... Because I've always had that belief of if you go to bed with a positive thought and we always have a rule in our family, no one goes to bed on an argument, then my thoughts were always that you'll have a, a more pleasant dreams or more pleasant thoughts. But I've never looked at it in waking up. I think that's brilliant. Mm. I mean, I look yeah. at it from the body boost perspective, but I've already done a whole lot of stuff before then. I think this is amazing. I don't even think that Julia Cameron understands the... Um the, when, when she talks about the morning pages, she just talks about the morning pages being a way of journaling to clear the mind. But I don't think she even realises what that's doing from a neurological perspective and how that it's, it's nailing the source thought. You know, I have to be really honest, when I was really depressed and I was starting to come out the other side of it, I found her book on a shelf and I really wanted to paint Everybody in my family, my brother, oh my God, he is the most extraordinary artist. My dad is so gifted and so is my sister, exceptional. The genes skipped me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say I shop well to make up for it. (laughs) And talked well. I do, I speak a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you do. No, I said well. But I wanted to to paint. So I found this book on the shelf called The Artist Way, but I didn't realise that... It's about bringing out the inner artist. And that's her whole intention, is about bringing out the inner artist. Is that, is that book along the lines of... Have you heard of Sark? You know, the... Oh, yes, 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 so Juicy. She talks a lot about that, doesn't she? Yeah, it's a little bit different. I did get okay. Juicy as well. Mm. Um, but this is, this is far more... Uh, it's much more in-depth. Mm. And it's like a, a, a transformational guide type of book on, with weekly exercises. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so, beautiful. Say the name of the book again. It's Julia Cameron's... The Artist's Way, and it's absolutely brilliant. But I can honestly say that the morning page is what, is what helped me get over my depression because the clutter, the emotional clutter that exists for somebody who's depressed is extraordinary because the source thought is I hate you or I hate myself or I don't deserve to be here. That's the source thought for somebody who's depressed can you because tell they us, have to recreate the depression each time they wake up. Can you tell us... 
Cindy and I have never experienced <clears throat> depression. What what does what I mean apart from I hate myself, what are you thinking when you're in that state? What thoughts are going through the mind? Um, well there's just thoughts of of, of of sadness, emptiness, aloneness, isolation, um, not good enough, hatred, devastation, despair, disconnection, loneliness, um, pain and suffering. Um, but the interesting thing about depression, and I, and I just mentioned this before, is that we have to recreate it every day. Because when we go to sleep, we're not depressed. Because mm. we're, we're not, well, we're not there. We're dreaming and we're asleep, so we're not conscious and we're not aware. But when we wake up, You've we got to recreate have that. to recreate depression. Now, a depressed person doesn't realise that they're doing that because their way of thinking is so habituated, it's now an unconscious habit. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That is an eye-opener to me. Mm. So for them to then write down their, those thoughts then maybe they can stop that habituation of recreating mm. their depression. Well, it interrupts the pattern mm. because the pattern of thought, you know, is always around all those, you know, dark thoughts. Um, but when you're writing them, you're actually attaching a physical activity to the process of the thought. And as soon as we write our thoughts, there's, I can't quite remember what it is now, forgive me, and, I, and I will, it will come to me, but there's a mechanistic action that responds when we have a thought and then we write it that helps to interrupt the pattern of the thought. Mm. Can yeah. I suggest one step further in using oil to anchor it in with the smell? Because smell is so closely linked to our emotions. Mm. And you might actually... For me, I'd get up and I'd light the vaporizer and then I'd start my writing. That's that would to me would be a way to anchor in and and create a new habit, if you like. And I think that smell could be very powerful. I think you're right. Um, the only thing that if you know if anybody who's listening to this podcast is actually in this place where they are in this place of darkness, what you don't want is to have those smells associated with negative writing. But you can change it. writing. You can change it. And and the thing is, is if you are going to be, and this is just the experience that I've had with working with some people when I was in therapy, when I was a therapist, if you actually have the vaporizer, if they're going to take the moment to to light the vaporizer, there's already a positive association to creating a A new habit. environment. Mm. And, And my suggestion back then to people that really couldn't get themselves out of it is blow the candle out then. Because to me it was like, I remember working with this one lady in particular and she was so down and so beat up on herself. She used to, she actually used to talk about trying to journal. I don't know if it was first thing in the morning, but I started saying to her, light your vaporizer at the same time. And as you light that candle, you're igniting some form of light within yourself. And that was the thing. I think that's what I'm probably trying to get oh, to. Oh, totally, totally. When a person recognises that there is a light inside of them, mm. there's nothing more powerful than that mm. because it's seeing something outside of themselves that's reflecting what's inside. Mm. And that's just a beautiful ritual to do. You know, I mean, that's just extraordinary. And I wish I'd had your oils when mm. I was coming out the other side of it, when I was starting to recognise that I actually mattered enough to do that. Yeah. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, you it actually, is. You it matter is. enough, matter to, do enough it. to do it. it. It's a willingness. You know, this is the thing with all of it, you know. It's a willingness to declutter. It's a willingness to heal. And it's a recognition that everything I've done hasn't worked. And it's surrender. Mm. 
Mm. It's, it's absolute surrender to the clutter that goes on between our ears and acknowledging it's there. I can't pretend that it's not there. It's there and I want something different. But until a person can get to the place where they say, I want something different, the healing can't occur because they're getting a lot of payoff from staying in the pain and the suffering. And I was there for six years. So, I, you know, I'm not suggesting that it's a wrong thing or a bad thing. It's just a true thing. And your depression was a, as a result of being blown up in Bali and losing Greg. And, and, and often people's depression, not always, but often people's depression is a result of a, a failed relationship. Oh, yeah. A lost Money, loved one. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many things that can cause it. So... How do we get rid of that emotional clutter? Because it is clutter. It's clutter that's stopping us from expressing who we really are. Um, I have a real theory on this that um, I'm actually sharing with the members of the Gateway at the moment because it's something that I'm experimenting with in my own life. And um, it's, it's looking at life in the context of, and I know this is going to sound a little bit cartoonish and a little bit fictitious, But if we imagine that we've just fallen out the sky right now, we've just fallen out the sky, we've never been to planet Earth before, we've just fallen out the sky, we've got no reference for the past and certainly no reference for the future. We've just fallen out the sky and somebody says to you, do you want to buy a $90,000 car? (laughs) Now, you have no idea of the global economic meltdown and you have no idea what the future's going to hold because you just can't see it. You've just fallen out the sky right now and you've got this giant steel wall blocking the past and a giant steel wall blocking the future. So you have no references you whatsoever have... about the planet? No, you have no mm. reference. What would you do? Oh, yes, please. Of course yeah. you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> of course you would, because yeah, yeah. You, would just, you would look at the beautiful shiny car yeah. and you go, my goodness, that represents me. I love it. I'm there. Or you'd say, oh, I definitely had those shoes. Thank you. <laughs> so the shoes came with the car? Oh, hello, now you're yes, talking. Yes, 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 I thought Now so. you're talking my kind of sales <laughs> The person. boot was filled with shoes. <laughs> oh, see, if only they would sell cars that way. <laughs> Don't you think they'd make more money? <laughs> I love this. I love that. That's like being yeah. in the now. Being in the yeah, now. that's exactly mm. what it is. It's like if, you can, if we could just imagine we'd just fallen out the sky, there's this childlike innocence that comes with that. Mm. And when we're in that childlike innocence, all that there is is potential for elation rather than us dwelling in the past of what didn't work with relationships and divorce and bankruptcies and so on, and then dragging that into the presence and recreating that, and then robbing us of our future because all we keep doing is dragging up the past, therefore we have no future, all we have is just a recreation of what we've already had, plus anxiety because now we're scared that... I'm going to be in a relationship where he's going to cheat on me again or I'm scared that I'll start this business and it'll all collapse or I'm scared that, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't want to buy the $90,000 car because God knows we could have another economic meltdown. So what lands up happening is we're spending so much time worrying about the past and the future in that, which, which means then we're not in the present and the only time that we have any power is in the present And the power comes in our ability, and I just love the play on words, but if you look at the word present and break it down, it's present. So the only time that we've actually got is the now, right now, in this minute, in this moment, and imagine if I'd just fallen out the sky now, what would my life be like? And all of a sudden I can feel like I'm a little kid in there. 
But it's in this present moment that I'm able to pre-send a future that matches the present that I'm living in now. Mm. I love that. Mm. Rather than pre-send. Yeah. Pre-sending. Oh, I just, just, I mm. love it. Mm. Rather than pre-sending a past that I've already lived into a future that I'm so damn scared of, I'm, I don't want to arrive in it. Because what I'm pre-sending is a past that didn't work for me anyway. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Rabbit, rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. But rabbit brilliant hole. rabbit but hole. Very... Actually, a big rabbit hole that I can fit down this time. You like this one? <laughs> yeah. We're actually down there with the rabbit. We're, 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 we're with the rabbit. But pre-send, if everybody can look at that, mm. that their present is pre-sending their future. their future. And whatever we're experiencing in our present, we pre-sent it from the past oh, from moment. the past. Yeah. So if you look at it like that... Well, it's very time machine, isn't it? Well, you know what? Time is not linear like we think that it is. You know, we, we imagine our past off in one direction and our future off in another yeah. direction. But the truth is, you know, and now it kind of gets a little bit hairy armpit and woohoo, but the universe has no reference of time. Man created time. We created half an hour ago, an hour ago yesterday. We created the calendar. But the universe has no frame of reference for time. All there is is a constant and perpetual state of now. So why on earth would we want to act in contrary to the way that the universe has set life up for us other than to live in a constant and perfect perpetual state of now? Why would we bother making reference to the past? Why would we bother making reference to the future when the universe doesn't operate that way? Mm-hmm. The universe mm-hmm. operates in a constant and perpetual state of now. So if we could all just imagine every moment I've just fallen out the sky and here's this spunky man in front of me, what do I want to do with him? Hello, sailor. Hello, Christmas. Christmas. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I mean, here's this amazing job opportunity in front of me. I've just fallen out the sky right now. What am I going to do? Um, You know, I've a $90,000 car. What, you know, whatever it is. And this is the part that I love the most about the decluttering part from an emotional perspective because it kind it, it really frees us up of she hurt me, he hurt me, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, I got blown up, somebody died. Because if we just live in the constant and perpetual state of now, then those things occurred, yes they did, but they occurred in order to give us wisdom and foresight. They didn't occur in order for us to become less. They didn't occur in order for us to continue pre-sending moments of more pain. They occurred for us to pre-send moments um, uh, uh, expanded by wisdom and foresight. And that's the other thing I love about the word becoming. Stop it. Get ready for this one. Mm -hmm. Be it and it will come. Be coming. coming. So you have to be in the present for the future to come Mm -hmm. and the kind of future that we want. So you be, you, you be this perpetual state of now and pre-send what you want to come your way. It's perfect. It, it is, is perfect. isn't it? Can you, isn't let's it? do an example. Let's say, let's say I've had a, you know, been going out with this man for five years, we thought it's all great, and he's just decided the relationship's over and I did not see it coming. Mm-hmm. I'm on the floor in my bathroom I can't breathe. Yep. It's over. Yep. He's made it really clear. I can't even think of anything other than the absolute agony. Mm. What would be a tool? 
Okay, so you've got to go through the motions of it. You've got to go through the sense of loss that occurs. And the natural state of humans is to grieve. And so whether it's somebody who's passed away or a relationship that's lost or a business that's lost or a car that's been crashed, or it's all a state of loss. So we've got to go through the emotional conditions of loss to, to um, reconcile what that actually is. If we just say, right, oh, five minutes ago he told me it was all over and now I've just fallen out of the sky and... I'm trying to look at a $90,000 car. Yeah, and I'm going to pre-send a damn good moment. That's really not going to work. Being in the now is also being in the now of what's present um, in the current circumstances. So being in the now of a relationship that's come to an end equals grieving right now. And in the next moment, how does it feel? Well, if I'm just being in the now, I'm still grieving for that relationship and the next and the next and the next and the next. But there does actually come a time where being in the now doesn't equal grieving and a person actually knows that. Mm. A person actually knows that. We are set up with certain emotional responses instinctively and innately that a person actually knows when the grieving period is over and something else becomes possible. But we don't choose it because we become so connected to the pain and so connected to the suffering and what that gives us. Um, we choose that rather than choosing a more powerful future for ourselves. And sometimes it can be just a small sign. You know, you, you cry every day when you've lost this relationship or a husband or a partner or whatever it is or a, a loved one's died. You cry and you cry and cry. And a, and a small signal could simply be you noticed you didn't cry today. Absolutely. That's a new shift, isn't it, when you're moving and into that, a new... Or you might, have, you, might have, you might have cracked up laughing at yeah. something, but instead of feeling guilty because you're no longer grieving for this person, because that's a natural response too, mm. instead of going into, oh, you know, so-and-so died and I've just cracked up laughing... I shouldn't be laughing. That's a bad thing to be laughing. And then we beat ourselves up. Instead of doing that, just be in the moment of, I just laughed. Like you just said, I just mm. laughed. And now what am I going to do in this moment? Well, I'm still laughing. Mm. And now this next moment, what am I doing? When we're able to, um, I guess, in a sense, segment the moments, be present to the moments, it's really in that mo th those times that we are consciously able to pre-send the next moment. Because if I'm sitting grieving, grieving in my pain and my suffering and I say I'm pre-sending more grief to the next moment, I arrive in the next moment and certainly there will be more grief in that next moment. But see, we don't do that. We're not that aware and we're not that conscious. But if we were conscious, then we may choose differently. And well, we would choose differently. We, or we would choose differently. Yeah. I, I just know that I read a book and I do not remember the name of the book and I do not remember the name of the author. But the author had lost his son, and it was like his 20-year-old yeah, son. Said, yeah, yeah we, we talked this. about this at the seminar. And it really struck me. And that night, after he'd lost his son, he went to a party, and he was sitting chatting to everybody. And people were a little bit aghast that he was even at the party. Right. And he basically said to the participants at the party, I'm going to have to get over this sometime. Oh, God, this was And brilliant. I choose now. Because it's true. Is, is we have to get over it. At some point. And you've got to make a choice when that's going to happen. And, yes, you can have indicators. Mm. But he said, I'm going to... And, and it must have hurt him, but he went, I'm going to have to get over this sometimes, but I choose now. Oh, God, I love that. Yeah. Oh, it was God, God, he, I love do you think that. he would have allowed himself time to... And his moments of silence maybe to grieve it as well? Or he was just choosing that moment around people to be like that? Because that's an amazing strength and quality, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. But... You know, if if you have a belief about death, and I, I would never want to 
lose my children. You know, that, that's probably the worst thing that can happen to a parent is to lose their children. But he lost his child, and he obviously was very philosophically minded yeah, right. to say something like this, you know, where he did live in the present. Mm. And, um, and I don't think it was Eckhart Tolle. I don't think it was he I was reading. No. I, do, I wish I could remember who it was. But he said, I, I, had, I had to choose now, or I, you don't get over. It's like, like he said, many people don't get over the death of their children mm. or a death of, death of a loved one or a lost love. Or a, when are you going to choose to get over it. Is there a year that you've got? Is there a day? Is there 24 hours? Is there, you know, when does it happen? Mm. For some people it never happens and they live their whole life mm-hmm. presending yeah. their grief. And presending their past. And the, yeah. You know, a really good point that you just raised there is um, I guess another aspect to all of this is reality. We live in a world where it's, a, it's an illusion because we're so in the past and we're so in the future, we're not in the present and in the present is what's real. But when we're living in the past, we're reflecting on our past, wishing it wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. And we have pain and suffering because we think that something shouldn't have occurred the way that it did in the past. We very rarely experience pain and suffering in the present moment. It's always about something that occurred in the past, which is the illusion because the past is the past and the reality is what exists right now. So for that fellow, the reality was his son had passed away and he went from the experience to acceptance in an instant. And that, you know, I think if all of us could actually accept reality rather than thinking it shouldn't be that way, even if it's a fight with our partner or a crashed car or a broken leg, we, we go into the suffering because we think, well, that shouldn't have happened. What if it, what if it should have? And we know that it actually should have because it did. It did happen. The reality is it did. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened if it was supposed to be another way. So we don't live in the reality. We live in the illusion that it should be another way and, and then, therefore pre-send more grief. Exactly. And then we, we live in the illusion that they're not in your life anymore. Yeah. And so you keep um, imagining your life without them that hasn't even happened. So Then anxiety comes in. Yeah. Because anxiety and fear and, um, you know, people who have those phobias... It's all about a projected future. It's all fear and anxiety is all about this could happen in the future, therefore I just don't want to arrive in it. But, of course, we're pre-sending mm. what we don't want. Mm. We're particip- you know, the, we live in a participatory universe. And this is my latest research. It's a participatory universe, and we have to choose what kind of life we want to participate in. And the beautiful part about life is it gives us every moment to re-choose or to choose again. So every second we can choose what we want to pre-send into the next second, but we can't unless we're present. Isn't that amazing? How do you how do you make your how do you create awareness when you're in a state? So so let's just say, if just, and I can only say this from my own experience. I was very aware when my grandmother passed away and a lot of things were going wrong. I was not that depressed and down and out that I went down a rabbit hole and I didn't want to come out. I did want to come out of it. But I couldn't believe how much I cried and I couldn't believe how much it hurt and I couldn't believe how much I kept looking back and saying it shouldn't have, it couldn't have, why did it and how. I, quest- I did all of that. But it was through therapy and one thing my counsellor taught me was every time you get that feeling, I want you to close your eyes and put that feeling right out in front of you and actually really look at that feeling as if it's something real and keep looking at it. And if you can't make it disappear, now I want you to focus on a light and have it surrounded in white light and, and just keep surrounding it with light until it dissipates. And all it did for me, 
is it made me do something with the thought rather than keep processing it. Mm. Whether it worked, or, well, it did work for me mm. because it helped me. Because I didn't. When you're in a state, you don't know what to do with it. Mm. And so, to me, when she started giving me these techniques and what she called a light meditation, and I even had to look at a candle or a, or a light bulb. It just gave me something to do when I didn't feel capable Mm. of how to manage that thought. Mm. And I didn't want to be negative, but I did also want everyone that had hurt me to suffer. And my pain and my suffering was to show them. And the one thing I realized, and I caught myself out on, I feel really bad saying it, but sometimes me crying, I felt made them remember the pain they'd caused. Mm. And I realized I was doing that. Like I felt felt a bit guilty about it. But that's the payoff that we all get. You know, when we when we go to the pain and we go to the past and we hang out there, there's always a payoff that we get. And sometimes that payoff is, well, you see me crying, now sucked in, because hopefully that's hurting you for the way that you hurt me before. Mm. So that's the payoff. It's exactly. attention. You know, and it's acknowledgement. And, you know, it's such a normal thing, but it requires healing if there's to be growth and expansion. If we keep doing that over and over and over again, like a lot of people actually do get stuck in their pain. And they keep doing it over and over and over again, and then they die. And so they never actually learn that there was expansion possible as a result of that pain. Because, you know, like, like I said, pain only exists when we are not dealing with reality. And it's also part of being human, you know. Mm. It, it, it's not wrong. So pain exists when we're not dealing with reality that it occurred and it was supposed to have occurred. It was necessary for it to occur, and there's a gift in there for us. You know, I've said this before, the universe doesn't actually say, here you go, sucked in, somebody's going to die on you, it's really going to hurt you, and we're going to sit up here and clap our hands and laugh at you. You know, the universe doesn't look at it like that. The universe sends you a box and says, in this box there is a death, but there is also the resources to help you expand and become more because of it. We open the box, we pull out the death, we shut the box, and we let it go. And we don't actually see that there are resources in there as well to help us deal with it and become more because of it. And nothing's a mistake. I mean, if that's true or not, who can say? But when we live our lives like it is true, doesn't life work better? Mm. I I agree with you absolutely entirely. And and sometimes it's easier for us to say it than it actually to do it. But that whole box of death that we opened up and then closed... Mm. You know, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but for me, the death of my mum and my sister opened up Pandora's box. And in actual fact, I now have peace about their death because of where their deaths led me to to learn and read and educate myself about um, maybe a, a something that made sense to me about life. And when something makes sense to you, and, and maybe people listening to us are going you know what, that makes sense, I'm running with it. And that's what happened with me. You know, there's lots of religions out there with lots of beliefs. And, you know, we can have a discussion about religion even, uh, uh, you know, all of these beliefs. But what I did was I kept reading and reading and reading about death because I wanted to know. You know, I'd been brought up a Catholic, but I wanted to know more. So, um, and, and you know, I just feel you are so right, Karen, is that it does bring does bring something up and like another friend of ours that lost her baby at 16 months I just look at she just didn't shut that box Mm. you know and that's a hard that's a hard one to swallow she opened that box and she explored it for all she could possibly explore and her whole life changed as a result of it Mm. she didn't like to lose a 16 month baby 
it, it would it would be one of the most difficult things to have happen. And or to lose any baby, you know, not just a 16-month-old baby, but to lose any of your babies would be very hard. And I watched that girl, you know, our friend, I watched her grow amazingly mm. from that. And she can talk about it now very can, well. Since your sister and your mother passed away, your whole delivery of nutrition changed. And the way you started delivering nutritional information had a much more spiritual or um, deep or, or connected. connected. Like mm. It wasn't just facts and figures. And that is actually, it's just hit me. That's exactly mm. what you did. You started bringing the spirit. You, you, I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking of the word inspire and I've seen someone say it's in spirit or it's inspired by the spirit. And you have now created an awareness around the food and nutrition with heart and soul and spirit and that I remember that all happening around that time and your real question you really do bring in a lot more information around the spirit of food now mm. it wasn't just facts and figures anymore so that that box is you're right you got to open it up and you got to explore it and, and it doesn't matter whether it's a relationship or a bomb blast or you know losing a leg or you know because so many things happen to people and they go what if I did this and I should have done this and it could have been like this and why wasn't it like this you know as they say you you got to stop shooting on yourself yeah <laughs> you just got to stop and 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 look at um I, I know it's hard to say this but to look at things as a gift to to learn and grow but stay, as you say, in the present. I, I just love all your little, mm. little things <laughs> that you so say, Karen. I know, because so it really good. makes me think present. Yeah. But it's those little magic pearls mm-hmm. that you give that has you when you're in that moment of there's another possibility. And I think, you know, a person's got to get to the stage, and I've said this a couple of times, when emotion is high, intelligence is low. So it's very, mm. very difficult to um, process all of this sort of stuff when we're in a highly emotive state. So I think we've got to give ourselves the room for that as well. But I think, you know, the alternative, and I can't imagine, I mean, when I was in my darkest days, yes, I would choose death and depression and despair over joy and light any day of the week. But here's the thing, you know, like you said, Cindy, you're going to have to get over at some point. Mm. At some point, enough is going to be enough. It might as well be now. Mm. And here's the reality. Who knows if everything that I've shared with us, you know, and we've discussed here today and what you guys have discussed, who knows if it's true? Mm. Because none of us have actually died, gone to the pearly gates, gotten the wisdom and come back. Who knows if it's actually true? But I tell you one thing for sure. While we live life like it's not true, nothing works nothing works all we recreate is the past and we rob ourselves of a future and we're totally asleep we're asleep we're living in this unconscious oblivious illusion and we're asleep the alternative is to live in the possibility that if we live in the now accept things as they are as a reality that there is meaning and purpose in it and go searching through that box for the resources to become more because of our experiences and then in the moment find the potency to use our experiences as a launch pad for pre-sending experiences that we really want that will make our lives work that will create new opportunities that will create new relationships what is more attractive what has the potential to be more successful? Mm. What has the potential to have to be a more creative life? Being trapped in a skin we'd rather leave 
or living in a life that is filled with potential and possibility. All we have to do is arrive in the next moment because we just pre-sense something freaking awesome. <laughs> and what about... Hello. What about <laughs> in there? Don't you love it? I yeah. Do, I do. I was, getting, I was getting so excited yeah. by what you were saying, going, if people only understood that what they create in their life, they've created... Yeah. They're creating it, but yeah. they blame and they, they create themselves as but, victims. But that's what I was going to say. Let's say you've just gotten that moment and you're feeling fantastic and then someone comes along and says something that really peeves you off and totally <laughs> robs you of that moment. Mm. You're allowing that again, aren't you? You're just Well, you see, this is the thing. We are so habituated in our way of being. This is why I love the word becoming. We're so habituated in our way of being that somebody comes along and says something that pisses you off. They will rattle your cage in a heartbeat and send you right back to where you were before. Because we've got 20 or 30 years of conditioning around living in the past and connecting to past pains and past infuriations and past frustrations. But in the moment that that person comes along and pisses you off, the best thing you can do is imagine I just fell out the sky (laughs) right here and I have a steel wall blocking the past, I have a steel wall blocking the future and they have just come along and said to me, they don't like the colour of my shoes. Oh no! They are are fighting words. (laughs) What do you do? Yeah, what do you do? Well, why do I care? <laughs> they just said they don't like my shoes. They're not wearing them. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares what they think? I love it. I Their just, business. I've just fallen out the sky. That's right. Their business. My business. Universal business. Why do I care what anybody else has got to say? I only care that I think my shoes are damn fabulous. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in a relationship with somebody who, who's unfaithful to me, The minute that that occurs, I have an option to think, I have just fallen out the sky and he has just told me he's been sleeping with somebody for a year. I've just fallen out of the sky. Nobody here is going to die right now because I have just fallen out of the sky. I'm taking very deep breaths. (laughs) He might die. No. Well, this is Actually, that's a really good good thing because I've spoken to somebody about this where she has actually said to me, that if her husband had an affair, then that was obviously what he needed, and that's perfect. This is the thing. And I and I went, are you serious? You can, you can, you know, you can. And she actually, they had such an open relationship that they both believed it, and they both talked about it. That if you go off with somebody, then obviously you needed something about that, and I wasn't giving it to you, and or you weren't getting it for yourself, or whatever it was. Then let's realign and see what it, what it is. I, yeah, I know. I share the same view. They're still together. Mm, Cindy, I so share the same view. Mm. I, you know, Matt and I actually haven't had that conversation, but I honestly, I share the same view. If if he and every relationship that I've been in, they, that my partners have been unfaithful, so I've got a lot of experience in yeah, it. Yeah, you do. But. Um, <laughs> But having said that, now that I'm with Matt and I'm more evolved in my way of thinking around it, if he, Matt came and said to me that I, he'd had an affair for the last 12 months or the last 12 days or just once, I would go into, that's not about me. Mm. That's not about me. That's actually about you. Now, what is about me is do I choose to live with you or not? ongoing? Mm. And I have just fallen out the sky this is now the circumstances that are in front of me. I make no reference to the past and no reference to the future. I've just fallen out of the sky. Do I choose to continue living with you? 
He's quite hunky. He's kind of cute. And you go, well, what the hell? I'll go for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep living with you. Or you might go, you know what? I'm going to choose again. I'm going to choose again. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's as easy as life can be. That is simply a choice in how we participate in life. And the world, the universe requires 100% participation. And this is the point that I want to make, is that if there is anything occurring in our lives that are robbing us of 100% participation, anything that's sticky, we're referencing the past or nervous of the future, and we are so not present. So any time we're not present, we're also not participating 100% in a universe that Mm. requires 100% 100% participation. Do you think a rose can wake up one morning and go, mm, not going not to open today, not going to blossom? <laughs> or the sun says, no, not shining today. Need a day off. Had enough of you all. <laughs> I had a children's book about that. <laughs> you just reminded me of a story that I used to read to my children and the sun decided it wasn't getting up today. Mm. And the whole world went chaotic and it was all this thing of, well, how do, you know, it was, that, it was this exact point. The world keeps going and we need to be in it and we need to play because if the sun doesn't come up, it affects everything and it wouldn't happen. You're right, though. If mm. the sun doesn't come up, it affects everything. If you don't get up in the morning, you affect everything. everything. And you don't realise it. You think by staying in bed that you're not going to be anything to anybody and no one's going to be... But they are affected because you might have been the car that was in front of another car that... You know, you, you just don't realise that your participation on the planet and in this world and and what in this realm is is the most important thing. Absolutely. And it ripples throughout the, the universe and throughout mm. the world. Mm. You know, Kim, you had a really good quote um, that you gave us a couple of... Um, it was a couple of weeks ago um, when we were all getting ready for our conference together and we are all running... Well, I don't know if Karen was, but you and I were running around with our heads chopped off going, oh, we're going to get this done, we're going to get this done, we're going to get this done. No, I was organised. Yes, I know. In fact, actually, yeah, that's the funniest thing because our last podcast was all about not being organised and how I am actually not organised yeah. in the home, but come to the events and the seminars. Yeah, man, you are amazing. I all over admit. it like a smarty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it. It's probably learned behaviour that you've done to in, in order to be a coping mechanism because otherwise if you were not operating up on that stage completely clear and ready, you would not be able to deliver the information that Correct. you had. Correct. Yeah. But remember your quote on time? Time is... Oh, no, stress is a... Stress is a perverted oh, relationship with time. time. God, and I good. love that. Yeah. I love it. And you know I've had a completely different relationship to stress around that. Well, you think about it. If you're stuck in the past, you're going to be stressed. If you're worrying about the future, you're stressed. Perverted yeah. relationship with time because there is no such thing as time. The universe doesn't know about time. The universe only knows about now. Shut the front door. Exactly. And does a tree... Get, does the tree get upset because he's not growing fast enough? Oh. No. So he doesn't have a perverted relationship with time. Mm. Humans are the only ones. The dog doesn't. Mm. My no. dog and cat. My cat does. No. I love yeah. watching the cat. I know. What is it like? I know. What is it like what to, is be, it like to be a cat? What do you think? <laughs> Can we just go somewhere else with that? Go. Depression is a perverted relationship with the self. Because yes. a tree doesn't think about being the same as another tree. No. A cat doesn't wish it was another cat. It just is. It just is. I wonder how I wonder if that if that's a rabbit hole there. Yeah. Because depression I'm is I'm already in it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're dead right though. Yeah. When you look at it and, and animals and actually young children are a beautiful thing to watch. They oh, don't have that. No. They don't. They don't they have don't. that. They don't want to be something other than what they are. They just want to be what they are. Mm. Now, can you repeat it? Depression is? Depression is a perverted, perverted relationship, relationship with, with the self. self. 
It is, isn't it? I'm, I'm writing it. I'm, I'm a visual. So... I have to write it down. But I think that, that not only depression, what we could also say is sadness, is anger. anger. Look, we both went to anger together. You what did, does that didn't mean? You? <laughs> is love then? Love is no. Well, I, well, no, it's not. Is it? Love is a connected relationship with the self. Or love, no, yeah, love is an love authentic is a, relationship oh, with the self. I like that. And love is a positive. Write that down. Yes. <laughs> love is an authentic relationship with, with the, the self. self. So good. I love it. Stop it. Do you know what? I'm actually. I'm the scriber here. <laughs> I'm creating a set of daily inspirational cards. Oh, um, and I love to. Oh. And I'm going to do a kids' book on um, that whole universal time. Present, kids, past. And kids get it, and you know mm. what ends up. You know what happened for me for a number of the Hay House books that were written for kids. Yeah, I actually think they're focused at the parent because it allows you to read the story to the child. The child gets it. Yeah, yeah, they already. It's you them. reading the story that has you understand it from a child's perspective, which is innocence. There's an amazing Dr. Seuss book. Oh gosh, I wish I could remember the name. I probably shouldn't have even brought it up now that I can't remember the name. But an amazing Dr. Seuss book, which is all about. Um, a little person who gets lost. Oh, and I used to sell them at my seminars. A person who gets lost and finds himself again. And it's an amazing book that I, was, I used to distribute when I would do corporate workshops. And it's so fabulous. Mm. It wasn't green eggs and ham. It was something else. Oh. Yeah, no, it was something else. But the, I think writing a children's book would be amazing coming from your perspective. Even from my perspective as a mother... Often reading your story at night is that little ritual you'll do, and it's a quiet time. And the, when do you ever read your child a horrible story at night? Hmm. It's always a beautiful, oh, I used positive to do it all the time. I used to give them a horror story. Actually, am I right in saying that fairy tales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, some of them I read, and I go, an apple, they die. They, I know. They, you know. And the wicked witch. But, but there was always a positive, there's always a happy ever yeah. after. Yeah, there was always a happy ever after. And Rapunzel, you know, Rapunzel was my favourite. And Anastasia. Um, <laughs> There's all these. Who's Anastasia? Oh, that was my daughter's favourite character. She dressed as Anastasia for two years of her life. Who's Anastasia? I can't remember. Right, she was. <laughs> a beautiful it was, it was a Disneyland um, show. I okay, think. back yeah. to emotional class. Back to the emotional <laughs> where we were, weren't we? <laughs> tell, me, tell me, Karen, if... So if, so if we can have the understanding and the knowledge to actually think like that, like, like I think to have the self-respect and self-love that no matter what happens to us out there, that we actually have the ability to, to investigate. Is, is that what every bit of pain we could look at? I mean, I try to, whenever I get confronted with something now, and especially since working more closely with you, I don't become so attached to... Look, sometimes I do, I'll be honest. Sometimes oh, well, I fall into human. a hole. Yeah. But I tend to get out of it quicker mm. or I tend to ask the question of myself quicker, not what they're doing or who they're saying or what they're being, but more about who am I being in this moment and why am I mm. reacting like that? If my, you know, I had, I had an example this morning. It was such a classic of the ripple effect. I get a text from a mother who says, have you got Jacob booked into the basketball? And I went, oh, my God, I have forgotten to book Jacob into the basketball, like register him. So I turn around to Jake and I go, honey, sorry, I've forgotten to book you into the, into the basketball. I didn't realise he was fuming on the couch. I've carried on cooking. The next minute he gets up and he goes, it's all your fault. Like he lost it. And I stood there. Danny's walked in and heard all he's seen is a son yelling at his mother. So Danny's now gone, you come here right this minute. <laughs> and I'm standing in the kitchen realising I've still forgotten to register him. But I'm going, wow, look at this. Look what's 
going on? Like, normally I would have gone into. <laughs> normally I would have gone into. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I would have gone into. Don't talk like that. And what are you saying? I would have got involved. <laughs> but I stayed in a way. I was present, but I was distant. <laughs> the observer. And I was watching mm. them. And these two have now had a thing over my mistake. These two are now having a thing at each other. Anyway, it all came down. <laughs> Jacob stormed off to his bedroom. Danny's looking at me going, why aren't you saying anything? And I went, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is actually really funny. Like, when you step out of it, I mean, it's only a little example, but I realised sometimes I can jump in. You know, I'd jump in on that and get in the bandwagon and everyone. So I stayed calm and I called Jacob out and I said, honey, I've made a mistake. I've rung Alison, the mum of this other boy who was going to the thing. Apparently you can turn up at 9.30 and I didn't need to register you. You can do it there. Is everything all right? <laughs> And then he goes, he goes, oh yeah, that'd be good, that'd be really good. And then I went, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of an apology here would be quite nice, do you think? And he went, and he, he didn't think he needed to apologise. And I thought, hang on, now I'm having an expectation of an apology. And I, I'll let him go. Sure enough, within five minutes he comes in and he goes, actually, Mum, I was really rude. I didn't staying calm. Yeah. Changed the dynamics even between them well, and becoming the observer. Well, the beautiful thing about that is almost like you just fell out the sky in that moment and went. I just fell out the sky. My son's yelling at me. I just fell out the sky. Do I need to respond? Uh, no, no, I don't. And then Danny came in and responded on your behalf. And you still had just fallen out the sky. As you stood there observing it without any attachment. I think that's the most beautiful thing. And I think that's really the lesson. You've nailed it. Yeah. I think that's really the lesson is to be able to experience life with that attachment. Mm. Experience life with that attachment to the past, of that attachment to the, uh, the future, to just... Regardless of us falling into... Like, I fell into it by expecting an apology, I thought. And then I thought, hang on a minute, that's my reaction. He walked away, and he ended up doing it in his own accord. But you're right about that attachment. Look, you know what? Here's the thing. We're all going to fall into habitual ways of responding to things. But awareness is 50% of the battle won. So when you can become aware of what you're doing, you can clean it up. And that's the beautiful part about what we're sharing here on the podcast is that becoming aware allows you to then go back and say, whoops, Jacob, I expected you to provide me with an apology. And I actually want to apologize for that. You and your business is your business. Me and my business is my business. So if you want to give me an apology, that'd be great. If you don't want to give me an apology, that'd be great. I'm not attached to what you do about this situation at all. And then he'd be totally confused. <laughs> he would. He wouldn't no, know. No, no, I've done yeah, this. He, I have he, done he would. He'd be Jacob. totally confused and he'd look at you like, no, what am I meant to do not, at this no, point? No, he's not confused. Oh. He's young. Mm. He wasn't confused. He thought, great, I don't have to apologise. <laughs> but no, you he know. Did. But then he walked away, thought about it, mm. and went, actually, I was a, it, it actually gave him permission to observe That's his it. Behavior. It empowers yeah. others. So when they do sit there and, like, us older ones, we would go, oh, shit, you're not telling me what, oh, I just swore. Oh, Sorry, everybody. Um, but they, when we sit there and we go, oh, my goodness, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do with you right now. Yeah. What that does is it forces me to come up with my own response rather than a response I think you want, mm. which then empowers it's a responsible me. response. He's responsible That's for right. It. it empowers me to be my own person and it empowers me to reconnect with myself. And you know what? That's the most beautiful example that we can set for others because when we do disconnect and we just, dis- we, not disconnect, but we detach and we just fall out of the sky, we're taking a response that's totally empowered for us. Do I want to buy the $90,000 car? Well, hell yeah. It looks beautiful. But then it allows somebody else to be empowered in their interactions as well. So we become an example of possibility for others. 
But here's the thing. I've been working with this work um, and my Gateway members for about, I don't know, three months now, I'd say, probably since I did the, the, the talk for the chiropractors because mm-hmm. I first raised it there. Um, and I've been doing this work for the last three months and I can honestly say I'm doing less cleaning up. I'm, you know, initially I would still react in my habituated way, then I'd become aware of what I'd done and then I would have to go back and go, oh, my goodness, I so didn't fall out of the sky there. I was so attached to the way that I would always be with you and I'm really not going to do that anymore. How great. Yeah. But now... I'm doing less cleaning up because I'm pre-sending more moments that don't put me in that position. That's brilliant. I'm pre- it's practice, isn't it? Totally, yeah. absolutely, yes. I'm 43 years old. I've spent three months practicing it, and I would say maybe 80% of the time I'm getting it right. It's all it takes. Is, it's taken me three months. Mm. It's just being committed. My, you know, And for me, I, I, and not everybody's the same as me in this respect, but I make a commitment. I will master this. I won't just know about it. I will become the master of this life. And I will become a master of creativity and surrender in this life. No matter what it takes, I will master it. So if we can have just a little bit of that, just a little bit of willingness to practice and participate, the world becomes our oyster. So if someone just needed that when they're in that state yeah. um, of clutter in of, the mind, yeah, in the, the, in the emotional clutter and they're looking at the past and the future and, and they're not really looking at the now. Let's give them some tools. Go down to Bunnings, buy a piece of steel <laughs> and hit the person that made you feel like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that just blew out the I was actually trying to be serious here. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> sorry. I don't know who you are sometimes. You are such a dad. <laughs> Cindy was having a real moment there. <laughs> and now I've lost it. No, no, yeah, no, I, I, tools. the tools. So in my mind, I've actually been writing, and in my mind I'm thinking, fell out of the sky. Yes. Present. Yes. yes. Become. Be, becoming. Becoming. So, so that, be it and it will come. Yeah, so I'm like, fall out of the sky, present. That's for me my little anchor that I'm going to live with and, yeah. and try and, and do this mm. so that... You know, in three months when I've been doing and doing and doing, I've done 80% like you. Let's check check in in. how we're all going with it. And maybe our listeners could do the same. Okay, so here's an an opportunity. Cindy bought us each these little, um, they're from Canada, and it's called an Inuk, and it's a little man that sits on a choker. Now, if you can imagine that that little man is the little man outside watching you, and that little man is very independent and he's not connected to any of your stuff, He's an independent little person. Let him be your anchor of falling out the sky mm. and pre-sending moments that are going to be potent and, and So you mean I could, if I had something like that around my neck? Where you wear the same thing. I'll yeah. wear mine. But, but okay, but if let's say someone else hasn't got a little in that. So yeah. let's say, is it, well, do you mean you hold it as you're feeling that or is it just a reminder that it's there? Because sometimes when you're emotional, you don't even think that something's there. No, I know. And I definitely think part of the tools is having something physical, having something outside of yourself because you can't rely on your mind and your mindset to get you out of the issue because you're not habituated in that way and your mind and mindset is not trained. And, and I notice, sorry, Danny, interrupting you, but I notice whenever I do get like that, if I'm too in it, First thing I do is go to my bathroom and I get my oils. It's just such an anchor. That's your anchor. Yeah. But I like the idea of this. And I really love your thought of the the man 
I, that to me is like if I've just dropped out of the sky, mm. how I'd react to this person, and it's not, you have no attachment no. to it. No, no, no. no, no. Why does it even matter? It so doesn't matter. No. Because there's just this absolute innocence and observation of what's occurring rather than attachment to it and putting all this meaning onto it, which is simply based <laughs> on the past. Like, why bother? You've just fallen out of the sky. I actually think, too, um, people should get their hands on some of Kim's oils, and I think that what they should also do is go... For the for the girls, I think, go and get yourself a really big ring. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the big rings. Go and get... Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I I'm the love queen the rings. Big no, big I, rings. Rings. I am. But I also loved what you said at the seminar a few weeks ago, that often <laughs> we now know, look, she's not working on anything at the moment. No, she's got right. a big ring on. You know, she, she says, when I'm wearing a big ring, you know, I'm working on something, and that's a big beautiful thing actually for your family or your partner to know so that they don't one of so the things the, the, for the partner to know that she's gone out and spent a uh, million dollars on a huge diamond yeah, that yeah, sits yeah. on her ring is yeah. that, that what you're talking about no mm. and there would definitely have <laughs> sorry, been Kim. there would have been shoes that come along with that I can assure you <laughs> sorry Kim sorry you were in a serious situation and no I've lost it now oh. no 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 it, it wasn't important because we're coming to the close but I just I was thinking you know when you have yeah. an anchor or something like that it, sometimes that's what can draw you out of the mm. emotional Disintelligence, non-intelligence, non-intelligentnessity, unintelligentnessity. How about that? I like it. I love the way you make it work. (laughs) But I swear to you, Karen, what you offer on the gateway Mm. and what you offer people, I mean, you really are at the forefront. Cutting edge. The cutting edge of it. I don't know anybody who knows as much as you do. People that that listen to this podcast. Not, not when it comes to... I want you all to post on Facebook how much you love what she does. Like, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but there's only a small group of us. I don't know how many of us are following or even listening to this. We even forget that anyone is listening to this. <laughs> um, and you can tell. Especially our last one where I said, what did I say? To go to the wellnessguys.com. Can you believe it? I never make a mistake. If you guys listened to last week's podcast... She never makes a mistake. And now she's going to apologise. But seriously... You know, tell us what you think because we think she's extraordinary and how much she's helped us in our relationships. You you know, you often talk about Cindy and what she's done for you and it's so true. I think you go the inside and the outside, like that mind side is just you're so the outside, powerful. I'm the inside and you're the upside. <laughs> Upside, you're the head. You're In, always working with this head. Inside, outside, <laughs> upside. upside. Shut the front door. Put the lock on, and we are out of here. <laughs> well, I hope that this podcast has been fascinating for you. Jump onto our Facebook page. Give us your comments at all the w's dot facebook forward slash up for a chat. Also, you can reach us on the wellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So join us next week on Up For A Chat and be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you there. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from The Wellness Guys here. Are you craving some downtime? Want to do it in luxury? Want to do it with the wellness guys and up for the chat girls? Well, if you answered yes, yes and yes, then we'd love to have you as our guest at the Western Resort and Spa in Fiji for our first ever BFO wellness retreat in September. Experience two nights and three days of immersion on your body, mind and soul. LT and Karen Smith will help you overcome any limiting beliefs and help you install or maintain your champion mindset. You'll work with Brett and Kim on creating movies 
movement patterns and self-care rituals to keep you at your best. And with Cindy O'Meara and myself, we'll teach you how to eat and live and not to live to eat in a step-by-step program. For more information or to book your spot, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on shop.